0: Well, our staff can tell you that on Tuesday morning, I announced to them what I would be preaching today. And then Thursday happened two days later. And the province of New Brunswick decided the Fredericton area would move back a phase in our coronavirus restrictions. And that set us all on a scramble to accommodate services with severe restrictions and all of the stuff that's involved with that. And we've been here before this year, and, and it was disappointing to move backward. That's for, for certain. And we have said since the beginning, the opening week of this pandemic in our country, that we want to be part of the solution and not just part of the problem. And so we're doing everything we possibly can do to accommodate. But I went home Thursday in preparation for the message today and I went online because this has been quite a year not just because of the pandemic this has been quite a year I would venture to say that there's probably never been a year quite like this on planet earth and if you have touched base with any media at all you know that we are living in unprecedented times And so before I begin, I want to take a couple of minutes and just take a quick look at some, not all, some of the disasters and violence and disease and natural calamities that have happened on planet Earth in 2020. Let's take a look. I think that video encapsulates the feeling of so many people that I've talked to or heard from. Pastor, I'm just worn out. Today, I borrow a phrase that precisely fits our times from the Hebrew prophet named Daniel who lived more than 2,500 years ago. The Bible book that bears his name begins as he and other young men from the kingdom of Judah were taken captive by King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. This captivity would last for 70 years, just as God had spoken through the prophet Jeremiah. And through a miraculous turn of events, Daniel would end up serving in prominent positions in several pagan governments, even surviving the overthrow of Babylon by the kingdom of Medo-Persia. Rulers like Nebuchadnezzar, Belshazzar, Darius, and Cyrus, they all knew that when this prophet spoke, it would come to pass exactly as Daniel said. You may remember that Daniel interpreted a troubling dream of King Nebuchadnezzar It's recorded in chapter 2 of the book that bears Daniel's name. This was a vision of a great image comprised of different metals that degraded dramatically all the way from the gold of its head down to the iron mixed with clay that comprised its feet. And Daniel said that that image represented successive Kingdoms getting worse and worse as time went on, beginning with Babylon and stretching all the way into the end of days. Each of them, in turn, would persecute God's people, but none of them would ultimately be able to stand against God's kingdom in the end. You may also remember that Daniel was given his own Parallel vision, it's recorded in chapter 7 of the book that bears his name. And in Daniel's parallel vision, these successive kingdoms were represented not by an image, but by a succession of ferocious beasts. But this second vision contains an additional critical detail. That the final kingdom, the last beast, will possess a little Horn representing its ruler during the last of the last days. That ruler is known by multiple names in Scripture the Antichrist, the man of sin, the son of perdition, the vile person, the lawless one, and the beast. And this despotic ruler's entire motivation is to destroy the people of God. He has no other desire. He has no other feeling, no other agenda than to destroy the people of God. Now his initial agenda when he appears on the world scene will appear to be one of peace. But make no mistake, he is a man of war. And when Daniel writes in that vision in chapter 7, of the book that bears his name, when he writes about this little horn, the Antichrist, the beast, when he writes about this end time, last day's ruler that is so wicked and vile, he says this in 725. And he shall speak great words against the Most High and shall wear out the saints of the Most High. I want to be clear. I've asked the Lord to guard my mind and my mouth this morning. I'm not trying to be offensive nor controversial. The policies of this leader are neither conservative nor liberal. In fact, he has no allegiance to any political party, to any earthly country, or to any other leader. His loyalty is only to himself and to the devil who empowers him, and yes, I said, the devil. Because this man, whoever he may be, wherever he comes from, and whenever he may appear, is literally anti-Christ. Not only is he against Christ, anti-Christ, but he desires to be worshiped instead of Christ, anti-Christ, The frightening thing in scripture and in our times right now is just how easily the spirit of Antichrist will be able to deceive the masses of humanity. They will think they have found a benevolent savior, a kind and wise ruler. Nothing could be further from the truth. He is not at all what he seems his system with all of its swelling words of grandeur and all of its swelling words praising itself it's not as it seems it houses a demonic satanic agenda I am here today to tell you that thankfully this ferocious beast has a thorn in his side Because the sole opposition to his evil agenda is the people who know the one true living God. And yes, I know for all of you prophecy scholars, Daniel is speaking specifically of the Jewish people during the tribulation period. But let me tell you on the authority of the word of God in the New Testament that the spirit of Antichrist is already at work in our world even now, right now, today. John said in 1 John 2.18, Little children... It is the last time. No Bible-believing Christian with any sense in their head would argue with that statement. It is the last time. And as you have heard that Antichrist shall come, John said, no, even now there are many Antichrists. There are many manifestations of this evil satanic power and kingdom. He said, that's how we know we're living in the last time. He says in chapter 4 and verse 3, Every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. They don't believe he's God incarnate. They don't believe he's God almighty. Any spirit that won't confess that, that spirit, no matter how eloquent they may sound, no matter how many supporters they may have, no matter how much culture backs them up and the media praises them, any spirit that will not acknowledge Jesus as Lord and God is not of God. And this is that spirit of antichrist whereof you heard that it should come. But John said, no, wait a minute. Even now already that spirit is in the world. Jesus said in Matthew 24 and verse 24, for there shall arise false Christ. The Greek term there is literally pseudo Christos. It's pseudo Christ false Christ and false prophets that will talk about this false Christ and they shall show great signs and wonders. Stop following some miracle you heard about. Stop following some spirituality you heard about. Follow Jesus and follow his word. That's the only safe option. Because these people will show great signs and wonders. Watch in so much that if it were possible, the lying, conniving, deceiving spirits of the end time might be able to deceive even the very elect. Brothers and sisters, people online, we are living in treacherous times. If we ever needed Jesus to walk with us, we need Jesus to walk with us today. I say it again, thankfully, this ferocious beast, this Antichrist, this man of sin and perdition and lawlessness, he has a thorn stuck in his side because the sole opposition to the evil agenda of Satan and the Antichrist in the last days, the sole opposition is not the government. The sole opposition is not the media. The sole opposition is not the activists. The sole opposition to his agenda is the people who know the one untrue and living God in our day right now while you're living your regular nine to five life and enjoying your weekend and paying your bills and going to work while you're doing that. You've got to realize that in our day, the Holy Spirit that empowers the church is the only thing holding back an all out onslaught of hell against our world. The rapture of the church will remove that godly influence. And once the rapture happens, you don't want to be left behind. All hell will break loose on this earth and allow the Antichrist to move into position and seize control. That's why the tribulation will be such a devastating period for the entire planet, with the beast's hatred focused on the Jews. But for right now, before the rapture, that satanic animosity is focused specifically on the church. Paul writes in Second Thessalonians 2 and verse 7, For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. The Antichrist's agenda is already at work in this world. The devil's agenda is already afoot in this world. Only, there's only one thing holding it back. There's only one thing that holds like a mighty dam against a powerful river of wickedness and perversion. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. That word letteth means to prevent, to hinder, to delay, to restrain. And what Paul just said, you may miss it in the King James Version vernacular. Let me inform you that the only thing holding back the onset slot of hell. The only thing holding back the tide of perversion that wants to overwhelm this earth. The only thing holding back the antichrist agenda is the Holy Ghost in the church. And when the Holy Ghost takes this church up higher, when the trumpet sounds and Jesus returns, that's when it stops and all of a sudden the dam bursts. You talk about the bubble bursting. The dam's gonna burst and all of a sudden hell has free course on this earth. But devil, Not today. The church is still here. The Holy Ghost is still active. Not today. Now I know some self-proclaimed prophecy scholar will probably make a comment on Facebook and take issue with some trivial detail of timing in this message. And in doing so, they will totally miss the point. Because the purpose of prophecy is not speculation, it is motivation. The purpose of prophecy is not to create a calendar for us to study, it's to build character in us as we face the end times. I am not saying I know who the Antichrist is. I don't know where he comes from and I don't know when he will appear. But I am declaring today on the authority of the word of God that his agenda of opposition toward God's people is already active in this world and it is quickly accelerating in this world. Nothing that is happening around you, precious people. Nothing is happening by accident. The spirit of Antichrist is working even now. Remember what Daniel said. He shall speak great words against the Most High, and he will wear out the saints of the Most High. No wonder... You precious godly people are feeling such stress and such pressure. No wonder you sense such vicious crushing opposition everywhere in the culture all around you. No wonder you've never experienced so many obstacles and hindrances in your prayer and in your walk with God. No wonder you've never experienced such tension and frustration in your home or on your job. No wonder you felt engulfed and inundated by troubles and trials and temptations that seem more intense than you've ever encountered in your life. No wonder you feel overrun and overwhelmed by the constant, Up, it will not let up, just a constant bombardment of bad news from the media. You see, you may not have realized it, but you... The church, the Christian, the believer, the apostolic, you right now are the focus of Satan's antagonistic agenda to wear out and wear down the saints of the Most High. No wonder you feel a little bit disconcerted. No wonder you feel a whole lot frustrated because the devil has you in a bullseye and he's not letting up. Now, most believers and all Christians who are merely church attenders, they don't count. Most believers have very little understanding of spiritual warfare. Even if they get serious about spiritual warfare from time to time, they tend to engage in it kind of by the seat of their pants. For them, spiritual warfare is like occasionally standing up for yourself to a bully on the playground in elementary school. That's what spiritual warfare is for them. Now, it may help on that particular day, but it doesn't accomplish much overall. They're aware of the immediate attack, and they respond. They jump in, they pray, they intercede, they push back, they respond accordingly. They're they're aware of the immediate attack but they're totally oblivious to the long game of the enemy. Strategic spiritual warfare. Consistent spiritual warfare. Ongoing spiritual warfare. Never let up spiritual warfare. That's a concept that is totally foreign to most believers and certainly to all Christians who are merely church attenders. It's foreign to them, but unfortunately... The devil is quite familiar with strategic, long-term, spiritual warfare. In fact, it is the only game he plays. The end result is that most believers approach spiritual warfare like they might approach playing checkers. You're just trying to make a move that in that moment, it accomplishes what you want. Or even worse, some Christians treat spiritual warfare like dodgeball. You're just trying to dodge what the enemy throws at you today, and that's their idea of spiritual warfare. But the devil's not playing checkers, and he's not playing dodgeball. He's playing strategic chess. He strategically sets up his moves. He weaves his influence in society, in culture, in politics, in religion, in the media, and yes, even in some in the church. And he plays it out over many years. He's got nothing if he doesn't have patience. He even plays it out and strategically moves the pieces over multiple generations until he is ready to pounce. So the pressure you feel, the stress you feel, the reason you feel worn out is that right now the treacherous threads of his deception in the end times, they're being pulled tighter and tighter and tighter. And you can feel the pressure of the end times upon us. If you are spiritually awake or alert or aware at all, you can feel this all around you. And I blow the cover off the devil's plan this morning to tell you that Satan's goal, his entire strategy is to get you so worn out that you stop pushing back. That's his entire strategy. So if you can just see through what he's trying to do. When you feel tired, push. When you feel weary, push. When you feel tempted, push. When you feel like you're in the battle of your life, push back. He's scared of you pushing back. That's what he's terrified Off. His entire goal is to get the church to wear out the saints of the Most High, to get us so exhausted, so tired, so overwhelmed, so bizarrely focused on the media that all of a sudden we're just too tired to push back. I'll be clear this morning. I've tried to be clear throughout the last several months of this pandemic. I am not here to target people groups or politicians or pandemic restrictions. But that being said, did you ever think you would live to see a day when perversion would be not just tolerated, promoted? Did you ever live, think you'd live to see a day when Christians and churches would be targeted and democratically elected governments would impose such authoritarian measures against our personal liberties and our religious gatherings, all in the name of what is best for society. And pastors, pastors, the spiritual watchmen that are supposed to stand on the wall and look for the enemy, and when they see him, they're supposed to warn the church. The overall goal here of the devil is to muzzle pastors so that if they say anything about the encroaching end times about the antichrist's agenda they are looked at as morons as politically incorrect old fashioned throwbacks to some quaint little era where nobody really paid much attention but that's not even close to true your pastor is your best friend if he has the guts to stand up and say the devil is at work today I'm not blaming any politician I'm not blaming any medical doctor I'm not blaming any diligent scientists. I'm not targeting them. I'm targeting the antichrist agenda that behind the scenes, he's just trying to choke the church. Behind the scenes, he's trying to restrict the people of God. That's what's going on. He wants to wear you out and wear you down. So if you would allow me to just preach without having to get up on some specific soapbox... Could you at least admit to yourself here in the building, watching at home, watching later, could you at least admit to yourself, if you're not too lulled to sleep, could you at least admit that the environment of the end times that we're facing right now, it is leading perfectly to the implementation of one world government, the rule of the man of sin, The enforcement of the mark of the beast and an unprecedented crackdown on Christians and their worship, exactly as the Bible prophesied more than 2,000 years ago. Imagine that we would be sitting in a church, not even allowed to assemble. Imagine that we would be sitting in a mostly empty sanctuary, and the rules would say, don't sing. I'm a pastor, I'm supposed to hate that, but my wife's not a pastor and she hates it worse than I do. And the great thing about wearing a mask is they can't see what you're doing in behind that mask. And if you don't want to sing, that's wonderful. You keep that restriction. But let me tell you, just because you can't sing doesn't mean you can't pray. Just because you can't sing doesn't mean you can't worship. Just because you can't sing doesn't mean you can't touch God and God can't touch you. So there has to be, there has to be this little rebellion, not against the government, not against the politician, not against the scientists and the doctors. Oh my goodness. We have stayed on the straight and narrow all these months. We've obeyed every restriction and then some. We've done stuff that was way beyond what they said because they weren't clear in what they said and they just keep throwing changes at us. They've thrown about three this week already. So we're trying to do all that. I'm not talking about them. I'm not talking about that. But there has to be a little rebellion that rises up in your spirit and says, devil, if you think you're gonna shut me up and shut me down, you've got another thought coming. I am not that worn out. I am not that tired. I am not that persecuted. I've still got a right and I've still got the desire to push a little bit. My goodness. Canadians, I love them. And today I have no complaints. Our church has been astounding during this year. A year of restrictions and lockdowns and no service and meet outdoors and parking lots and, and 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 media and online only and we have done it. We've worn masks. We've we have soaked this place in hand sanitizer. My goodness, you've had two baptisms, whether you wanted to or not—one in water and one in hand sanitizer. We've done everything we possibly can. I have no complaints. Our church has been astounding. You have. Broken, not broken. You have shattered all giving records of all time in the history of this congregation this year during a pandemic when you couldn't come to church for half of the time we've been in this pandemic. I have no complaints. But it's my job to have concerns. I refuse to be a silent watchman in the end times. I refuse to stand on the tower of pastoral ministry and look at the devil encroaching and knocking down one support after another in our society, one good thing after another in our culture. He's just encroaching. He's just daring the church to oppose him. Well, guess what, Mr. Devil? There are some apostolics left in this world that are going to oppose you. The apostolic church and the Holy Ghost in that church is the only thing holding back the onslaught of hell and the agenda of the Antichrist. I refuse to be a silent watchman. And so with compassion, respect, and love, I have to offer something that you can call it my opinion if you want. But Canadians right now are being conditioned for a culture of compliance. That's what's happening. I'm not targeting any politician, any individual. I don't have a political preference in Canada. They're all wacko as far as I'm concerned. That'll be the only thing from this message that makes it on YouTube. I'm not liberal. I'm not conservative. I'm not any of those. Because they've all got a problem. That it, although there are some wonderful politicians and leaders in our country and in our province, God is not at the center of what their parties are doing or what the government is doing. And so as a result, there's this subtle encroaching. It just never stops. It's the end time agenda. It's the last day's pressure. It never gives up. So you got to ask yourself, am I going to give up? Am I going to succumb to the pressure? So I don't have any complaints about our church. You folks have been wonderful. But I do have some concerns. I have concerns that people who, if we'd have just got up and announced, now we're going to shut down Sunday nights and Wednesday nights. And, and, and we're going to shut down every second Sunday morning too. And we're not going to have prayer meeting anymore. They would have erupted in a chorus of criticism of the pastors. And yet we haven't seen some of them for months. Because they've shut themselves down from coming to the house of God. I'm not talking about today. We're keeping the rules. I'm talking about when we had the opportunity to come to the building. We've got people that used to light up this room with worship, and now it's kind of like they walk in the door. Well, I got here. You better be proud of me. I came. What kind of an accomplishment is that? You're an apostolic. I just want to scream because, again, I have no complaints, but I have concerns. That's my job. I'm supposed to be a watchman on the wall, and I see the enemy coming, and one of the things that he's doing, the main agenda is to wear out and wear down the saints of the Most High. So they think that 10% of their spiritual effort that they had before the pandemic is now suddenly acceptable to God. If you can't get to this building, and some of you are watching online right now, you need to... to turn your house into a prayer meeting. You need to turn your living room into a worship session because you cannot afford in the last days to just be casual and unconnected and uncommitted spiritually. You can't afford it. It's my job to tell you that. I have no complaints but I have a lot of concerns about the culture of compliance that dares pastors and saints of God to speak up against the insanity No, I'm not talking about a specific restriction. Wear your mask, sanitize your hands, keep your distance, do all of that stuff. I am not talking about that. I'm talking about the devil wearing you down until you just can't take one more rule, one more bad report, and you just throw up your hands and consign yourself to sit on your couch and wait till the pandemic is over. The rapture could happen before the pandemic is over. You can't be backslidden throughout the entire pandemic and then just kind of come back and jump in. You need to be on fire now. It's the last days. You need to be in personal revival now. It's the end time. The devil is pushing you to wear you out and wear you down. You got to make up your mind. Wait a minute. I'm going to push him back. You got to do that. Even creation right now is groaning and travailing And crying out, we see it in every natural disaster, in every prophetic convulsion of creation. Romans 8, verse 22. For we know that the whole creation groaneth. (laughs) That's what that earthquake was in Guatemala. That's what those storms were in Guatemala. That's what those volcanoes were in Guatemala over the last couple of weeks. Creation is groaning and travailing in pain together until now. Paul said, but wait, it's not just creation. The church, we ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves, we're groaning and travailing and convulsing within ourselves Why? Because we're in labor pains, just like creation. That's why we're waiting for the coming of the Lord. We're waiting for the rapture. We're waiting for the end of all things. We're waiting for the kingdom of our God and of his Christ. That's what we're waiting for. So we groan within ourselves, waiting for that day, the adoption to wit, the redemption of our body. The devil may be able to attack your body that's seated here or watch it online. The devil may be able to attack your physical being. But let me tell you what, the devil can't prevent you from getting your new body. The devil can't prevent you from walking on streets of gold. You want to be there? You want to go there? You can do that. You've got to push him back. You remember that Isaiah the prophet said in 66 and 8, as soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth her children. The image is labor, of course. Can I tell you that when the church goes to prayer, the church can birth things that are in direct opposition to the devil's kingdom. In fact, we must, because we are the only thing that stands between the devil and his all-out assault and his all-out agenda on this planet. I've never noticed this verse before, and I've read the prophet Jeremiah many times. Jeremiah 4.31, for I have heard a voice as of a woman in travail, and I've heard the anguish as of her that bringeth forth her first child. I've heard the voice of the daughter of Zion, but something's going on. She bewaileth herself. She's feeling sorry for herself. She spreads her hands as in a shrug of helplessness, and she says, Woe is me now, for my soul is wearied because of murderers. I've got so much opposition and so many enemies and so many attacks that I just throw up my hands. I feel sorry for myself, and my soul is just so weary. Woe is me. There's so many attacks, there's so many enemies, there's so much opposition. I defy the Spirit of opposition that is in this world. I defy the spirit of an antagonistic assault against morality and godliness that is in our culture. I defy the agenda of the Antichrist. I defy the councils of hell because Jesus, my Lord said, the gates of hell cannot, shall not, will not prevail against the church of the living God. So what should you do when you feel worn out? Because many of you do. It has been a long and dreary and difficult year. What should you do when you feel worn out? There is one major agenda for the end time church that contradicts and contravenes the one major agenda of the enemy of your soul. His agenda is to wear you down. Your agenda is to pray him down. That's the agenda of the end time apostolic church. Beverly made a comment to me this week. We were talking about that wonderful and powerful prayer meeting we had here Wednesday night at 5 p.m. It was Thursday morning at 5 a.m. in Guangzhou, and those people were already up and at their day, and they were praying together on a Zoom call because there it's not secure for them to go somewhere and gather. Oh, we could call a 5 a.m. prayer meeting here. None of the authorities would bother with us. This is a free and democratic country. We could call it. You know what would happen here? Very few people would show up at 5 a.m. in the morning. But there where they're so persecuted, they showed up at 5 a.m. in the morning from their homes because they can't meet together. Beverly said, our people, they prayed like I've seldom heard them pray before in a prayer meeting. And my response was yes, because it's pretty convicting when you're watching persecuted believers under the iron heel of a communist regime. And it's five in the morning and all they can do is join together on a Zoom call and they're interceding and crying out. And you know what else they were doing? They were praying for CCC. Did you hear it? Did you notice? They're praying for us. I'm thankful for those prayers because we could use a little bit of that determination. Unfortunately, we're living in a complacent society where even the threat of sickness can keep some people home for months on end. They're living in a country where they not only have a pandemic to deal with, they could possibly be arrested, and four of them were within the last two months from our congregation in Guangzhou. See, that's the difference. Under persecution, the church realizes we don't have any other option. We've got to push back. We've got to pray because the devil, his goal is to get you so weary, so tired, so distracted, so preoccupied that you can't push him back. I hope it doesn't come to persecution and permanent lockdown and shutdown and crackdown for the church in Canada to get really, really serious and say, God has called me to prayer in the end times. I may not be able to argue my way out of anything, but I can pray my way out of everything. I may not be able to debate all the experts and the so-called talking heads that are telling us what to do. I may not be able to do that. I don't even understand that. I'm not going to try to argue. That's not my battle. I'm not wrestling against flesh and blood. I'm not wrestling against the government or the doctors or the scientists or the media. I'll tell you who I'm wrestling against. I'm wrestling against the enemy of my soul and the antichrist spirit that is in this world. And he wants to wear out and wear down the saints of the most high. And I say no. I I say, not here. I say, not our church. As long as I've got breath in my body, whether I got a mask on or not a mask on, I'm gonna tell us we gotta push back against the enemy. Don't get lulled to sleep in the last of the last days. Don't get so tired and exhausted and distracted that you forget that the church is the only thing On this planet, holding back the flood tide of filth that the devil wants to release on this earth. He is not waiting for the prophecy experts to all synchronize. The devil's already at work. He is not waiting for us to realize what he's doing. He's already at work. So we must be about our Father's business. We must be a house of prayer. We must be the people of God. We are the only thing standing between the devil and his total domination of this world. There is a spirit of prayer in this room, and I believe there's a spirit of prayer wanting to invade some homes right now. I'm I'm believing that that you're not just kind of watching and disconnected and disconcerned, but that a spirit of prayer that is here in this room can settle on your couch in your living room and touch you right now. I understand somebody, maybe many, will take issue with something or everything that I've said this morning. And I care not one iota because the end times are too serious to play with and the devil is too deceitful to think you can outsmart him and Jesus has been too good and too real to me for me to sit down and watch some of his people just slide off into oblivion and we say nothing, get real. This is the year of the pandemic. I hope it's not also the year of the backslider. That a bunch of people backslide this year because that's what the devil would really love. He doesn't care if your body gets sick and you die. If you're filled with the Holy Ghost, he lost his hold on you. He can't tempt you, he can't trouble you, he can't do anything to you once you go to heaven. What he would love is if you stay alive and you're not at risk at all and you backslide because you're just kind of distracted and worn down with the pressures and the constant drumming of the media in our day. I thank God. My goodness. Kathy, come back. We'll just do keyboard. I thank God that the prophet Daniel, who exposed the tactics of the enemy, And he said, the agenda of the Antichrist, the agenda of the beast, the agenda of this little horn, this man of sin, this son of perdition, this vile person, his agenda is to wear out the saints of the Most High. I'm glad Daniel exposed that. But I'm also glad that Daniel, when talking about the same end time ruler in another chapter of his book, he gave us hope. Here's what he says. Daniel eleven thirty two, 32. And such as do wickedly against the covenant shall he corrupt by flatteries. Any opposition? This Antichrist, he'll just butter them up. He'll just say what they want to hear. He'll just make them feel like they're doing themselves a favor if they listen to him. Such as do wickedly against the covenant, he will corrupt them with flatteries. But... In the face of the Antichrist agenda, the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. God is looking for an end time army of prayer warriors, not church attenders, good grief. Prayer warriors to push back against the tactics of hell and the agenda of the Antichrist, and the deceit of the devil, and say, I'm not that worn out yet. I don't like the bad news. I don't like the restrictions. I don't like this new phase we're in. I don't like all of the paranoia that's in the media, and it's infected our society faster than any virus could have ever infected our society. People are absolutely freaking out. They're paranoid about this. We accept that we need to be cautious. We refuse to be fearful. We categorically refuse to be fearful. And if you're fearful, you need to get a hold of this scripture in prayer. Perfect love casteth out all fear. It's not your business to wade into this, Pastor. Oh, yes, it is. It's actually my job to be a watchman who sees the enemy and says we could be in danger if we're not prepared for when the enemy comes his agenda is to wear you out but the agenda of the church has not changed when he tries to wear you out pray him down pray him back pray him out just pray because the people that know their God they're not going to be weak they're not going to be worn out they are going to be able to do exploits for the name of Jesus and the cause of the gospel in the last days and it is happening got text messages from some pastors that are friends One young man who calls me, his pastor, got a text. They're shut down too. They've got restrictions too. But they saw a bunch of people get the Holy Ghost this week and some people baptized in Jesus' name because they refuse, and they're shut down worse than we are. They refuse to let the enemy just make them complacent. So I call to this great church that has been so faithful, this great church that has been so sacrificial, this great church that you've lived the standards of godliness taught in the word of the Lord. You have given yourselves unreservedly to the vision of your pastors and we're so forever grateful. But I'm not doing my job If I don't stand in a pulpit in the end times and say, Church, we gotta pray harder. We gotta pray more. We've gotta pray more intensely. If the devil dares to come against us with everything he's got, you want to believe there's going to be some apostolics that are going to come back against hell with everything we've got. And the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. I thank you for your giving. But the most important thing you can do is pray. I thank you for your faithfulness. But the most important thing you can do is pray pray. You are the special forces assigned through the power of the Holy Ghost to prevent and hinder and restrain and oppose the agenda of hell until the moment of the rapture. That's us. You stand between the Antichrist, the devil, hell, and everything that you hold dear. Would you lift your hands right now? I am finished. I thank you for your patience. I thank you for your reception of the word. I have felt no opposition, and that's remarkable. I haven't felt pushback and indignant spirits and all that junk. I haven't felt that. You are remarkable people. I'm not preaching at you. I'm preaching to you, and I'm preaching for you. It is time. It is high time. It is now time to awake out of sleep and to push the devil back. He's trying to wear you out. It's time that you got in a prayer closet and wore him out. That's what needs to happen in Jesus' name. Right now in this building and everywhere else that you will, I want you to lift up your voice. They didn't tell us we couldn't pray behind that mask. They didn't tell us we couldn't worship behind that mask. They didn't tell us we couldn't intercede behind that mask. You can still pray and knock the devil down. You need to push him out of your home. I know you're facing opposition. That's part of his tactic. I know your marriage is under attack. That's part of his agenda. But you have a right to push him back. It's not a coincidence that you're being attacked and pummeled, but what you've got to realize is it's your assignment to stand up and push him back I wish somebody lift up your voice like a trumpet and just speak in tongues I wish somebody would just lift up your voice and intercede I wish somebody would just shake yourself and wake yourself and push back The devil's been pushing you, trying to worry you. The devil's been pushing you, trying to get you to have a panic attack. The devil's been pushing you, trying to tell you you're gonna die. The devil has been pushing you, saying you can't take it, and you can't make it, and you're not good enough, and you're not strong enough. That's his job. You know what your job is? I refuse every lie of hell, and I push you back, devil. That's your job. God open up the heavens pour out your spirit on the good people of CCC pour out your spirit on our new members some of them haven't received the Holy Ghost yet they may be watching right in their home God pour out your spirit upon them let them receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost they need that power to survive the end times Jesus do it in your name Jesus, do it in your name. Mendolaba bayasya sababoko yaba. Mendola bayasyo sharababakiya. Leto rabaha yesa. Irre la la boyasyo sharabo yakeba. Sodarabaha. Jesus, call your people into the secret place of prayer. Call your people into spiritual warfare. Not just periodically, not just when a special need comes across our radar, call us into end time spiritual warfare. We're good, Kathy. Let your voice out, everybody. Let this room be filled. Let this room be filled with intercession and prayer. Eto la bababa shosenda la bako ride le bosia leto bababa shosaba kosa e reboboche sababachiela baha chama ndareba yeto la eto la bababa shosabapkyo taraba in the name of Jesus God right now I pray over your church your faithful church, your holy church, your loving church, your giving church. I pray over your church. I thank you God, these people have distinguished themselves this year. They have surpassed and exceeded all expectations this year. But Jesus, you didn't put this call, this this message in my heart for no reason. Jesus, the devil is trying to lull us to sleep so we won't oppose his agenda. The devil is trying to get us so overwhelmed and worn out that we feel like we don't have the energy to push. God baptize us with that fire from your altar that gives us the energy and the anointing to push back. Because your church stands between Satan and our culture. Lay it on a husband right now. Lay it on a wife right now. Lay it on a teenager, a senior citizen right now. The burden to pray. The burden to push back. The burden to oppose the enemy for all the things he is opposing the church with. Jesus, I speak it and I call it to being. I call things that are not as though they were. I speak in faith over your church that this church is going to be used in end time revival and harvest. This church is going to be used in intercessory warfare prayer. Lord Jesus, in your name I speak it. In your name I call it forth from your people for the sake of the kingdom, for the sake of the end time, for the sake of the world, for the sake of every sinner, and for the sake of our own selves. Jesus, I call it forth in your name. In your name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Kathy, play that song one more time. If you've been watching this morning, I thank you first of all for your patience and your reception as I have unburdened my heart to you. I don't come to a message like this lightly at all. I thank you for receiving the word of God and not just being a hearer, but being a doer. The opposition and the pressure and the stress you feel it's because the enemy knows you're a threat to his agenda. Please don't collapse under the pressure. Please summon the Holy Ghost that is in you and stand strong. Paul said, having done all, to stand. And the most important way you can stand against the enemy is to pray when he tries to wear you down, you wear him down. Don't you feel the presence of the Lord in this room this morning? Thank you, Jesus. little old song the elders taught us. It's beautiful. Oh, keep me true, Lord Jesus. Keep me true Yes, keep me true Lord Jesus Keep me true For there's a race That I must run there are victories to be won Every hour by thy power Keep me true Would you just lift that up as a prayer? Keep me true Lord Jesus, keep me true. Oh, keep me true, Lord Jesus, keep me true. For there's a race that I must run There are victories to be won, so every hour, by thy power, Lord, keep the true. Thank you to all of you that are here, all of you that are in the youth building, all of you that are at home, for being part of our service this morning. I prayed before and I'll pray after that anything I've said and tried to give you the word of God as forcefully as the Lord gave it to me while honoring you because you're good and faithful people. But your pastors aren't doing their job, especially in the end times, if we don't stand on that watchtower and say, the enemy has an agenda behind all this stuff that's happening. We're not blaming or targeting or pointing at any one individual or even government or anything else. But we're wise enough to know that the devil is conditioning our culture to be compliant so he can unfold his agenda. What do you say, church? We push him back in prayer. What do you say that when you feel that pressure and he's trying to wear you out, That you go into your prayer closet and you say, I'm going to wear you out, devil, today. That's your right. In fact, it's not just your right. It's your calling in the Holy Ghost to be a people of prayer. Put your faith, your hope in me For I am coming to take you home Thank you Jesus for that confirmation of your word Would you lift up your hands and your voice Jesus just confirmed his word through the gifts of the spirit We are on track, this is our calling We will push back, we will be victorious And the rapture is coming Oh, somebody celebrate that. Somebody thank God for that. Yes, God. Thank you, Jesus. 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 <laughs> yes. Somebody shout Yes. That's amen in modern vernacular. Amen means so be it. Amen is a yes with three exclamation points to the word of God. Somebody shout yes! Jesus is coming and he's gonna use his church to impact the world before he returns. But we better get at it because the devil is already busy. I feel like I just lit a match in the lamp of a bunch of prayer warriors this morning. Some of them here and some of them home and some of them far beyond the borders of Fredericton. God is lighting a match. God is lighting that fire in you. Take this to prayer and God will give you an assignment to pray over some missionary. They're under intense pressure. God will give you an assignment to pray over some church planner. They're trying to carve out a church in a culture that won't even hardly let them meet. Imagine how hard that is. God will give you a prayer assignment if you'll ask Him because He's calling His church to prayer. Nothing I've said this morning is about some stupid grandstanding against a government or a doctor or a medical expert or a scientist. If you think that, you've totally missed the point. But the devil's trying to use all the pandemonium of a pandemic to condition us to compliance and to make us sit back. I categorically refuse in Jesus' name for the sake of the church, for the sake of the gospel, and for the sake of this end time generation that we are called to reach. So I'm not targeting anybody and I will say, All of you in both of our locations today, please keep the rules. Please be careful with your distancing, obviously your mask and all of that. We're not asking you to break rules. We're not encouraging you to break rules. We're not daring you to break rules. That's not what this is about. This is about being called of God for an end time generation. That's what this is about. When the devil tries to wear you out,